Welcome to the UCFB Football Podcast, brought to you by Blue Check Wembley. Hello and welcome back to episode 9 of the UCFB Football Podcast. So, boys, how did we get on last week? Start with you, Sean. Um, it was another disappointing day. Uh, it was a 3-0 loss to Brunel, um, who we previously drew 2-2 with in the reverse fixture. And... Coming into the game, we thought that with the with the good run of form that we'd had, um, we'd be able to go and do one better than we did in the reverse fixture and get the win this time. Um, but it went the complete opposite way. It was a three 0 loss in the end, and really for UCFB there was there was nothing that they offered going forwards and defensively, it was very flat performance as well. Um, again, like there's there really just like nothing to comment on. It was a very like boring game to watch. Brunel were very good. They commanded the they, they commanded the game really. Um they were constantly in control of possession and um from early on they made it clear that they were they were going to work the keeper. They were shooting from from outside the box whenever whenever they had a chance really. Um and then sort of later towards the end of the first half they started to fashion more chances getting into the box and posing a threat from there. Um so I said, Do you know what? I missed the first goal because <laughs> I was climbing up the um, the stands to set up the camera, and then uh, don't know what happened. Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? Because the women were starting to build up a bit of a head of steam, but now it seems like it's a bit bit of a case of like two steps forward, one step back. So it's. It's not really ideal sort of going into the Christmas break. You'd like to go into there with a bit of momentum to start next year with, but sort of going in with m- momentum sort of flattened and, and, and the, the mood sort of dampened around the squad after another disappointing result, which obviously isn't ideal. Yeah, um, and then towards the end of the first half, this is gonna, this is probably the worst review of a football game you're ever going to hear because I missed it. But I heard the crowd get excited about something for like UCFB going forward. Don't know what happened. I thought there'd been a goal, but I asked you in the second half, what's the score? And it was it was 3-0 at that point. So. I was like, is it 3-1? They were like, no, it's 3-0. We haven't scored. But I thought we had. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Brunel scored direct from a corner, which was cool. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. That was a... Uh... <laughs> oh, you were there. Yeah, can, you, I, can you tell them what? I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I I managed to catch a bit of the game, um, and I saw. I'm not sure whether it, what goal it was, but the one that went directly in from the corner. Um, I think I think it was the second goal. I think that was just before half time. So we went in at two 0 down, um, and then they scored one more in the second half. Um, they went through on goal and. Uh, our keeper came out to meet it, but the striker got to it first and just sort of slotted it past her for an easy finish. Um, so just before their third goal, um, they went through on goal with a from a through ball uh, that managed to, to to beat the whole defence. It was like a eye of a needle pass. It was a really accurate ball, um, and the striker latched onto the end of it and finished calmly. And everyone's thinking, okay, fine. Um, didn't look offside at all. She looked well onside. And the referee didn't look too sure about it, but gave the goal, pointed to the centre circle for for UCFB to kick off once more. Mm. Um, so that would have been 3-0. But um, then at that point, he, he looked over to the linesman, who was one of the UCFB players on our, on our side, um, 
and like as if to say was it offside because I think some of the defenders had raised their arm to say ref where's the where's the flag or whatever and at that point she put up her flag and it was almost like the ref had given her an invitation to say yeah. should I should I count this goal or not and so he went over to speak to her and he's just pointed to the center circle given the goal and then reverses his decision and says no offside which if if he'd like checked with the linesman before to see whether it was a goal and then ruled it out fine but he's pointed to the center circle already and then gone to check so yeah, both team yeah. both he's teams given had, the goal both teams had set up ready to kick off again and then he decided to go and speak to the linesman about it yeah. and the goal gets ruled out because a UCFB player gets given the opportunity to say yeah it was offside which of course they're going to take um yeah <laughs> so it was it was just an like, awful awful officiating and until that point he'd had a really good game the referee and I'd heard the Brunel manager say this is the best referee we've had all season during the first half and I thought oh something's going to happen that's going to come back to bite yeah, him yeah it's just cursing it isn't it and, just by saying that. and if Bruno hadn't won the game I'm sure they'd have been fuming but they were comfortable anyway in their in their victory so um, just a minor blip but I thought it was something that I should, should talk about seeing as I didn't have much else to say <laughs> Quick correction here because uh, I'm editing the podcast now and I've just realised that I completely butchered this. Um, the goal that Brunel had ruled out was not actually uh, ruled out for offside. It was because it cannoned off the crossbar and looked like it maybe didn't go in over the line before it bounced out. Um, but I think it was it was kind of clear that it maybe did. But again, the point still stands. The referee pointed to the centre circle to give the goal and then once he'd done that, he consulted the linesman who said that they, they hadn't seen it cross the line and then he cancelled out the goal. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, 3-0 on the day and it, it was just such a flat performance. There was, like, really nothing going. I think that the forwards looked very frustrated that they weren't getting the service that they've been used to in the past weeks. Um, you know, we've been scoring a lot of goals at Silver Jubilee Park over the last last few fixtures and so to suddenly go from that to, to not being able to fashion any real chances... Um, it was disappointing. Yeah, that's that was definitely something I picked up on on the bits that I caught the game. The the centre forward Charlie Cowper looked a, a frustrated figure. He's looked quite isolated up front as well. So, but hopefully, you know, the Christmas break, the women can recharge, regroup, and come back for a strong end to the to the to the season. How did the seconds get on, Dylan? Uh, so the seconds are also at home. Um... They're playing against Brunel, who were fifth in the league, uh, while UCFB were first. Uh, it was a late kickoff, so they're playing at Silver Jubilee Park under the lights, um, and so straight straight away it was like sort of the same old story in the league that we've that we've seen over this season. Like um, straight away in the second minute, um, Sam Mercer was played through and he took it around the key. Oh, he beat the keeper, but um, he just took a heavy touch and it went out of play. But just from that, like after that, you could feel that. Um, UCFB were just going to be dominant throughout the entire game. And then uh, eventually, um, Nijmej Dubi uh, opened the scoring for UCFB. They played through on the right and uh, he just started the ball in the bottom corner. Early on, the team were uh, exploiting some of the gaps in Brunel's defence. Uh, uh, throughout the game, there was a lot of uh, long through balls and uh, wingers and forward were getting through, having a lot of shots on target. So we went, in, went into the break, 1-0 at half-time, but a lot of chances, a lot of shots on target. Um, 
from the halftime team talk, they were talking about, you know, trying to just destroy Brunel, trying to score as many goals as they can. And so in the second half, uh, Aero came on for um, Cameron, so get more um, attacking, get more dominance down that right side. Um, and it, it worked out, you know, um, um, Aero took the corner, um, 52nd minute, and Sebroff headed it onto the bar, and then it fell to um, Laws Nicholas, who uh, scored, and then UCB were 2-0 up. Um, they were just trying to, they, they're sort of like trying to score as many goals as they can, even though it was only two now at the time. Like, Bruno really didn't have any chances. Uh, I think they had one chance, but um, Luca rushed out and cleared the ball, and that was that was their closest uh, bet to getting a goal. And the uh, third and fourth goal both came from uh, Sam Mercer in the space of around eight or nine minutes. Um, third goal, Grizzle, uh, Dwayne Grizzle, um, player manager, uh, crossed the ball in from really far, and it. Uh, Fell to Mercer, who scored a nice little tap-in. And then fourth goal, uh, Jack Bibb, who's been, oh, I think, uh, the second most consistent player this season. Played another cross-in, and um, Mercer again scored a half volley. Oh, he's been really playing really well since he's come back into the team. Um, he's on seven goals. Same same with Nyman Taylor. Also, all three of the wingers on the team are on their seven goals. And yeah, it was a 4-0 win. Um, really easy game. Bruno didn't really have any chances, and I think... Uh, it was UCFB's best performance yet. First clean sheet um, in the league this season as well. Overall, good day. Yeah, it sounds like the, the, uh, the seconds are just way out ahead in that league. A bit the same as the thirds, really. So, yeah. There's not as much, uh, many teams that are troubling them at the minute that I've seen. Just yeah. sort of in cruise control at the minute. Yeah. Especially given the fact that you haven't got any cut fixtures to worry about either. It's just sort of now, it's just a case of how many points, how many goals. Yeah, I think the seconds at the moment are nine points clear of second place, but I don't think all the teams have played the same amount of games. But it's looking like they're going to wrap up the league early, earlier than usual. It's easy to sort of have lapses in concentration, isn't it, when, you, when you're in cruise control like that. But for them to go out and score four goals and manage to keep the clean sheet, keep that intact, you know, really... Yeah, usually. Yeah, yeah, usually. Sometimes they do. That does happen. Uh, like in the first couple of games of the season, they gave away a penalty two games in a row. And they usually like concede one, but this time, you know, getting that first clean sheet in the league, and um, sort of uh, playing consistent throughout, not losing their heads. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So how did thirds get on, Connor? Um, we were away to Queen Mary's and we won three one. Yeah, so. I, see, I see your little meltdown last week about being away again. Another, <laughs> another good away day. <laughs> Well, only one more to go now, or I don't know, they might have some more, <laughs> just for the fun of it. Um, but yeah, another another strong performance from UCFB, asserting their dominance over the league. I think we uh, we went ahead in the second minute through Se- uh, Seamus Drake, and then I think as soon as that goal went in, you just knew it was going to be the same story that it's been every week in the league. So the, the, we didn't even have that 10 minutes at the start of the game where you think, oh, maybe this might be a bit of an even game, because we were ahead more or less as soon as the first whistle went and I think um, we were like just so dominant and we, it should have been like six or seven to be honest but there were so many missed chances uh, I think Seamus then went on to miss two one-on-ones but yeah it was just a dominant first half performance from us we were dominant right from the first whistle I think uh, whereas usually we'd be four or five nil up at half time because we're usually so clinical with finishing it just seemed like it wasn't happening no, we would, the, the other team didn't even have a shot on goal, I don't think, but we just could not find that finishing touch. Like I said, Chambers missed two one-on-ones. I think there was a few more chances that we squandered as well. So we went in at the half, 1-0 up. So even though we knew we'd 
dominated so much of the game it was still one of them where like they could nick a goal here and we could lose two points um but yeah uh the gaffer had a chat at half time luckily we came back out uh second half uh ahmed who's come in at uh left back he's been unreal since he came here he was on the wing and he uh he got put through by Seamus and uh, put it past the keeper. And uh, um, yeah, luckily their their player tried to give us a dodgy offside call to keep keep them in the game. But the ref, who was class, um, he he gave us the goal, and quite rightly so. Um, and then yeah, so once we got that two goal cushion, we sort of took our foot off the gas a little bit. I think lost a bit of concentration, and we conceded a scrappy goal from a corner that was put into a good area of the box, sort of bounced around, not clear, and then uh, scrappy little finish past. Uh, Rask, who I know will be fuming that he didn't get that clean sheet with such a scrappy goal, but um, that sort of woke us up a little bit, and then we went on and scored a third and uh, got our two-goal cushion back through Ben Daly, who uh, beat two men and slotted it past the keeper. So yeah, I think it was it was a good good performance. Another win, another three points on the board. We're out in front in the league, but I think it was probably the first game of the season where the finishing just hasn't been ridiculously clinical for us. Obviously, we put more than 10 goals past the two teams this season so to see us uh, wasting chances like that it wasn't wasn't the usual UCFB but I think it it is telling for a team that even on the, a bad day at the office you're still getting them results so I think uh, I think we'll be all good still still leading that title charge it's the same as what you said really if you're scoring three goals on a bad day it's, it's fair it's it's pretty obvious how, how you're going to do it at the end of the season isn't it especially when you're so far out in front um, but yeah even those those ones where you're having those um, tough days and lapses in concentration where you let in a sloppy goal that you'd hate to concede um, but again the fact that you hate to concede those ones shows the mentality that you've got within the squad even though you were what two goals up at the time so yeah yeah I think um Still, still a good performance. Uh, Braden Page had a man of the match performance, playing uh, at firstly at right back and then in the midfield. So, I think that uh, for, that switch up sort of changed the game for us a little bit as well because he he played very well in that position. So, well done to him. Molly, how did he first get on? Um, it was a day to forget for the first team. Um, yeah, won a great result, a three-one defeat. We're playing Canterbury Christchurch and. When they they turned up and they didn't even have kits, like they were all just wearing the same coloured top, but like different tops, and I think um, the first definitely underestimated them based on their sort of league position and the fact that they hadn't turned up with kits and stuff like that, and some of the results that they bit fell victim to as well. Um, but a couple of their other teams had folded in their their leagues and so I think that the team we faced was a culmination of sort of the, the best players in each of those teams um, and we ended up facing a really good side they they worked the ball really well they had a couple of really good players and um, it was almost the opposite of the Hertfordshire game where from minute one in the Hertfordshire game UCFB looked on it and looked ready to sort of battle for the points uh, whereas this week it was just like there was whatever it was it was missing um and so yeah it was just a disappointing day at the office we went one nil down and then uh richard mills got us back into the game with a free kick that went under the wall and to be fair i don't think he'll mind me saying that the keeper should have saved it it was straight at him 
and uh, <laughs> he sort of like dived for some reason and it went under him and went in um, and you sort of think oh, from there you're going to kick on and and but no Canterbury went back in front um, and UCFB went into into the break 2-1 up and that definitely the happier of the two sides but it was a very sort of a heated dressing room at half time everyone sort of trying to work out what needed to be done and UCFB came out of the block steaming in the second half and they had a perfect they scored a perfectly good goal it was objectively a perfectly good goal it was from a, a free kick um, and it sort of fell to Joel Nagimbi and he's, he, the keeper's come for it and he Joel's just tapped it over him and while it's in the net so it's, it's in it's, it's a goal Toby out of sort of frustration or relief or whatever has then gone and kicked the ball against the net and uh, their linesman has flagged him for offside oh. and the ref has given it um, so it was just sort of like a there was a, de- a whole debacle of it took about five minutes for the ref to f- figure out what the line was flagging and X, Y and Z and I think in all of the sort of confusion the ref sort of felt like he couldn't give the goal being as uncertain as he was but it was very clear from where I was sat and I was sort of sat near the halfway line that it, it had gone in yeah so that was a, that sort of I think that knocked the wind out of UCFB because that was sort of the biggest sign of that it wasn't really our day um but fair play to the lads. They sort of tried to push on and tried to create. And there was a few half chances here and there. But in the end, it was just sort of like they huffed and they like they huffed and they puffed, but they couldn't blow the house down, sort of thing. And and then um, Canterbury went forward in the final moments and and got that consolation goal just to seal the victory. And it, yeah, it was a day to forget. There's definitely going to be some sort of an an inquest or an investigation into what went wrong and our. I imagine there'll be a few changes going into the Christmas break, but they've just got to look forward to next week and just go again. It looks like the league is probably gone for them. It looks like the league is unlikely. Obviously, you never know what can happen. In our league, it seems a bit like everyone's fighting to not win the league at the minute because as soon as someone slips up, everyone slips up. But um, So the league isn't done, but it looks unlikely. Um, UCFB have another game. Uh, this week so it's now just a case of just sort of winning every game we can and then just seeing where we end up we still got the cup to look forward to and that was very much the the sort of message in the dressing room after the game that you can't get too down because we're still even if you want to assume that we're out of the league we've still got a trophy to fight for so we need to keep our spirits and keep our form up for that competition um but yeah definitely a day to forget um and hopefully, sort of this week they can right that wrong and finish twenty twenty one on a high. Yeah, I think it's been a season of up and downs for the first. But the fact that there is a whether it, even even though it's small, the fact that there's a possibility that they can end the season with two trophies, like that's gonna be something that can motivate them going forward into the last game of this year and into next year. Well, yeah, it's like at the minute we currently sit fifth in the table, so we're. A point off we're a place off bottom but if we win our game in hand we go second so that's how tight the it's league is at the minute yeah it? 
Um, but what that also that that's what makes last week's loss so crushing. Yeah, is that it? It's it is like you say fine margins, and it could be that loss that is sort of the difference between us winning the double and not, which is unfortunate. But it is what it is, and I think if anything, it it sort of has put a fire up some of the some of the boys' bums to uh, get buck up their ideas and 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 get their form up. Oh yeah, I think there'll be some. Uh... After this week, there'll be some changes to the first team because there's really no room for error anymore. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine that there'll be some sort of squad shape-up between our three teams uh, once we come back off the Christmas break. But yeah, I think that offside call was just really the... Uh, when when that happened, that was sort of when I started to think, yeah, today's not, not our day. Yeah, that can really kill that momentum that you've got. Even if you've come out well after half-time and... Um, the team are playing well and you think we've got a goal down and we just need to grab one then we're back in it and it's anyone's game and you get that goal and then it gets ruled out suddenly all that hard work's been undone and you yeah well it's not to blame the ref because to be fair that was only about five minutes into the second half and you mm. still then got 40 minutes to to play and that's plenty of time and and I think the first will openly admit that they weren't good enough it, well, it was that, that that level of performance wasn't enough and I know all the players and the management especially were, were really weren't happy with the performance and it was it got to a point where it was hard to watch. Um but yeah, they go go again next week. So Yeah, I mean every every week's a chance to write that last wrong, isn't it? So um and hey, if hearts slip up then there's a chance to close that gap a little bit more. Um and yeah, the the, the title is still well within within reach if, if the results go the right way but yeah, you, only, you can only beat what's in front of you you, got, you can't take your foot off the gas and that's the only problem now we're at, we're at a stage where we're relying on other results to get what we want which is never a position you want to be in as a football team chasing silverware but it, it, we're in a position that we're in now and we've just got to deal with it I mean, it's university football anything can happen that's the end of part one. Stick around for part two, where Braden Page from the Thirds is bringing us away days. If you're a student in Wembley, you definitely know about Blue Check Wednesdays. From 10.30 onwards, you can get in for free, so make sure you don't miss out. Still, still waiting to come on the podcast, so I'll, I'll wait for that. But, um, yeah, so this is the away day review for UCFB Thirds against Queen Mary's. Um, pitch um, was actually really decent. Um, however... Shoot like just on half time, started absolutely belting it down, which made you know the pitch a bit wet and a bit boggy, made it more of a battle. But we'll take it from where it was at the beginning of the match. Solid, I'd say probably solid six, seven out of ten. Decent pitch. Um, changing rooms, solid as solid again. You know, good changing room. Showers were good as well, so that's always nice after you know a good a, a boggy pitch and a, and a bit of a battle, a bit of muddy game. So again, solid seven, eight. Um, away support non-existent. Um, everywhere we go, there isn't really much away support. So that, that's a zero from then. Um, just the UCFB thirds are massive, and you know we're gonna we're gonna absolutely swamp this league. So yeah, that's the that's the away day review for the uh, for the UCFB thirds as uh, as we we got a big win against Queen Mary's, and uh, it's on to Wednesday now, which is our final big game of the year. Right. Well, that was uh, our. Resident fashionista and manner of the match, Braden Page. 
uh, with uh, his, uh, his thoughts on the game. But at least he's finally gotten onto the podcast. Yeah. After, after yeah. weeks of asking. Yeah, he's, he's still, he still wants to come on next, next week. He's not satisfied with just his voice. He wants to be here in person. <laughs> All right, well, maybe we can... Maybe, maybe we can arrange that. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll, we'll have to f- find something in, fit something in for him, because... I don't think there's anyone that's been as enthusiastic as him to get on the podcast. Sometimes he, he shows more enthusiasm than some of you boys. So <laughs> No, and I, I, I did promise him that he can come on. Um, so um, we'll have to we'll have to make some yeah. room for him. Braden Page, if you're listening, we will get you on the pod at some point, boy. Just you wait. Yeah, a respectable score of 14 for Queen Mary's, which uh, that and that's with a zero for the home support as well. So it could have been potentially our highest score had they had any form of support at the ground. But uh, he was quite impressed with the facilities. He said the changing rooms were were to a good standard, particularly the showers, which uh, was yeah. nice. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> that's not really my department. I stay away from the showers. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, the the fact that it uh, rained quite heavily at the interval didn't help with the pitch and stuff. But I think it was to a good standard before that. Mm. Um, not really like Queen Mary's can't be blamed for rain either really so yeah that'd be a bit harsh yeah I mean he gave it a pretty good score anyway the pitch didn't he so it... at least they've had nets and corner flags yeah. this time <laughs> yeah I think compared to uh, South Bank uh, the, the, st- the bar has been lowered so low that any, anything like if you turn up and they've got nets and corner flags they're like yeah it's a good, good thing. <laughs> but the thing is the annoying thing about that is that even though that standard is that, that sort of minimum bar has been set by South Bank. They're not that far off, like, the rest of the table. No, they're not, are they? I think, like, I feel like the thirds have really done them a favour. What did they get altogether? I think they I think they got more than... I think they got 14. I think they got 14 as well. I think, I think that was um, that was after a, a hard-fought victory, though, so I think the, uh, the feeling around the squad was quite... The morale was high, and I think it was generous. I think he actually said in the video, had they have lost, uh, it would have got atrocious. Yeah. Score, so. <laughs> I think generally speaking, you're never really going to give the the away support like a big score either, are you? Because even if there is like a lot of um, support there, like at, yeah. like at Marley's game at Redden last week. Um, no, there's no excuse for that. They were just like, I'm not even joking, like they're... Their banter was so bad. Like, there could have been, like, 3,000 of them and it wouldn't have made it any better. Like, they, they were just, like... It was like no, like nothing you'd ever heard at a football game before. It was it got to the point where, like, it wasn't even affecting players. They were just, like, turning around, like, what are you saying? Like, what yeah. what, what do you even mean tactics. by that? If you're, like, if you're on the, running through on goal and someone's like, your mum's calling, you're like, what? <laughs> You want to know why she's calling? Yeah, putting you off. Yeah, what's for tea? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, fourteen out of thirty, not a bad score. I'm yeah, sure. South Bank got fourteen as well. Is that the lowest score then? No, I think the lowest no, score the is lo- like three, isn't it? The lowest score is Greenwich with minus two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, fourteen this week isn't bad considering there's a zero for the for one of the categories. Yeah, I think had had the away support been decent they probably could have topped the list really if they'd have got maybe like a five six on that they'd have been been top just to refresh my memory who's got the highest one the highest at the minute is king's college who got 18 points no westminster who got 19 out of 30 
from a second. So had, yeah, had they got a six, they'd have been top of the leaderboard for the away support. So yeah, so I, I mean, think the facilities were were good. You guys have all done an away day segment already, and I've been at, I've been at home for the last five weeks, so I haven't done one with the women's academy yet. So it'd be interesting to see how they score. I'm sick um, of it now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they score some of the opposition grounds. That we, well, we we've have. got an away day next week, um, and we've got a few next year as well. And we've also got obviously the the chance of some cup, more cup away days. So that's definitely not the end of away days, just because Connor's done all of his. Uh, <laughs> there's we've, there's um, definitely more to come. Uh, we've got South Bank at home this week. They're going to be absolutely amazed when they turn up, and we've got a three G pitch and nets and corner flags and a stand and a, <laughs> and a referee and some linesman flags and a we'll whistle. Just, to, be, to, be, to, to be fair, they might turn up to SJP and think you're on the grass to the oh, side yes. of it, or maybe even in the car park. <laughs> yeah, but like, it'd be like a little cup final for them. It'd be great. <laughs> it'd be like nothing they've ever seen, as long as they don't go on the roll. <laughs> there won't be no equipment left when they leave. No. <laughs> back, back to, <laughs> you've got any spare nets. Back to fucking <laughs> Peckham. <laughs> right, so I'm here with the UCFB Football Podcast Player of the Month, Kira Perdue from the UCFB Women's Team. How are you doing, Kira? I'm good, thank you. Good to have you here. Um, so yeah, we're just going to run through a few quick questions um, about your season and about uh, some of your own personal life growing up, and then we're going to hear a bit about your teammates. So. Um, so I'll start off. Uh, how's you, how have you found your first month of uni football? Um, uni football was good. It's a bit of a challenge. Didn't go off to a good start, but I think we're on the mend, looking upwards now with our games and winning mentality. Yeah, and um, so you've shown in the last few weeks like uh, how good you can be outfield with your goals and assists that you've been chipping in with. Um, but for your first game, you played in goal. Um, can you tell us the story of what happened there and why that was? Um, so the reason for that was I played in a tournament, a five-a-side tournament in the summer for Nike and my team, we actually won it and I played in goal for the whole tournament. So Seb put me forward to be goalkeeper for, for that match and said that I was really good and people thought I was actually good in goal, but I wasn't that good. I let in two goals that I probably could have saved just by putting a hand out but yeah <laughs> um yeah no um, to be fair it was probably apparent that you know goalkeeping wasn't your main position but since you've come outfield um you've been fantastic um so what on the football pitch what is your natural position um I play striker so in and around on the final third always I like to drift off to the left a lot because I can cut in and shoot but yeah, striker. I mean, that, that's what we've seen a lot of um, this year. Obviously, you play quite a bit on the left and then sometimes on the right. But um, yeah, a lot of the chances and goals that you, you do manage to get are cut, cutting in off that left-hand side. Um, but obviously, we've got Charlie up front and with her being a third year and having the captain's our band, I don't think she's going to be letting go of that position anytime soon. Um, so speaking about your goals and assists, I think you got, I think it was five assists and four goals in November, which managed to win you the player of the player of the month award which do you prefer getting a goal or an assist i have a lot of assists but goals like scoring a goal is most important because most of my assists are probably from one of my one of my strikes and just a little tapping but 
when I score, I'd say they're decent goals, to be fair. I'd rather a goal than an assist. Yeah, you got one of those sort of tap-ins a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Sav got one at the back post that looked like it was going to be your goal, but the keeper managed to make a save. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, UCFB didn't have the best starts of the season, but the last few weeks we've started to see that front three gel together and things are starting to look a little bit better. What do you think UCFB needs going into the rest of the season if they're going to sort of come out of last place in the league and challenge a bit more? Um, Personally, I think, yeah, you're correct when we're gelling as a front three, but I think our team is really starting to gel together. I think looking forward, we need to look more on the tactic side of things, playing playing forward. Um, We obviously know our opponents and how they play. We know probably most of their weaknesses and strengths and it's, we just got to use that to our advantage really yeah I think what, now that you've got that sort of inside knowledge after playing them once this season now you've got a bit of a better idea of what you can do in the in the upcoming games against them um, so we're gonna we're gonna throw it back and make it a little bit closer to home um, with with you and uh, your childhood so could you tell us about your first football in memory um when I started playing football, I always played in a boys' team and I was the only girl in a boys' team right through many age groups. I'd think up to the age of maybe under-12s, under-14s. And when you play against boys, they're like, oh, they've got a girl on their team, it's going to kind of be easy kind of thing. But until they actually played, they used to be like, oh, she's actually good. Like, it's not going to be as easy as we thought. But yeah. Right, yeah. So um, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the lads sort of thinking it was going to be a walkover, and then they realised that oh, she's actually got a bit about her. Yeah. Um, and growing up, who was your football idol? Um, I'd say my football idol was Thomas Rosicki when I was growing up. I don't, I really don't know why, but back in the day, he was a good player. That's that's an interesting pick. So I'm going to guess you, you an Arsenal fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It makes sense. He was a he was a good little player at at, at some points. Yeah. Um. And we've just had the Ballon d'Or last week. Um. With Messi winning his seventh one. Who do you think is the best player in the world right now? I'm a Messi fan, hundred percent. Yeah. And that would lead lead me on to my next question. Uh, who is the best of all time? Messi. Yeah. You know what? That's the correct answer, Kira. <laughs> when yeah. I have to hear this, Ronaldo rubbish. <laughs> um. So we're going to move it on a little bit uh, more towards the the teammates that you that you're playing with week in week out. Um, so we're going to do a little teammate segment. Um, so in the locker room in the in the dressing room, who's the DJ? I wouldn't really say there's a DJ to be fair. Like a main one is whoever would jump on the orcs, but I'd say mostly Charlie. Who's who's the biggest joker in the team? Who's who's bringing the banner? Has to be me, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Is there anyone that comes close? Uh, nah, just me, 100%. <laughs> I'll be the team. <laughs> um, now, I'm, I'm going to imagine you've probably backed yourself here as well. Um, but I do know we've got a, a, a few quick players in the team. Who do you think is the fastest? I would say, I would say between Sav and Jazz. And in the team, who do you reckon has the best dress sense? I mean, I would say me again, but that would just be unfair. But <laughs> I'd probably say I don't really see anyone out of a football kit really, apart from a couple of people. But 
I'd say Molly and Sav, their dress sense is good. But I, I think I'm their fashion design, so, so it really comes from me, really. But I'll give it to them too. Last week, we had Ollie Graham on, who is on the coaching staff of the men's thirds team. And we asked him, who's the worst dressed on the team? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a bit of curve, curveball. Who do you think has the worst dress sense on the women's team? Oh, I'm trying to think who I've seen out, out of here, but I'm just going to say Megan, just for the back. Megan. Say Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she, she's not going to be happy about that. If she hears this, she's going to be having words with you on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and last one, we'll wrap it up here, but um, in a fight, who on the team would you want to have your back? Sav, 100%. Um, she always has my back. Yeah, I know you, you guys are, You guys have played together quite a bit growing up. Um, how, how long have you known each other and how long have you been playing in the same teams? Uh, I'd say I've known Sal for about five years, maybe. Oh, okay, so you go back. Yeah, like we knew of each other for a long time, but we became friends like probably like five years. So, so before that, you'd be coming up against each other, I'm guessing, and maybe not the yeah, best. Yeah, I hated Sal. <laughs> I used to hate her. <laughs> Can you tell us are there any stories of anything that you remember that made you not particularly like her back in back when you weren't on the same team? I just I don't know what it was, but we were both from like the same area and we both played football. So it was kind of like a rivalry. It was like Arsenal Tottenham when we played each other. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, congratulations on winning the November Player of the Month award and um, we hope to see you firing some more goals in the new year. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Kira. Um, Thomas Rosicki. Let's talk about <laughs> it, guys. That, I don't even, that is absolutely baffling. <laughs> it's such a strange pick when you've had players at Arsenal that play that role but like have done it so much better. Like, Ozil comes to mind as like a very prominent one. It's like me saying as a Spurs fan that my idol is Harry Winks. So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when I grew up with Christian Eriksen and Van der Vaart, it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's, it's an interesting pick. Yeah, very interesting pick. Um, surprising, but he's to their own, I guess. Yeah. I suppose mean, at least it's not. Maybe it's a bit of like a cult hero, because there's, there's a few of them that everyone has, I suppose. I think it would have been easy just to be like, oh, yeah. Thierry Henry or Lionel Messi, but I think yeah. like, at least it's an interesting pick to say the mm. least. But but she did go for Messi in the Messi Ronaldo debate. Well, that's that's just common I, sense. I stuff. think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Some behind the scenes info about the women's the women's academy, but yeah, I think it's really good because a, a lot of those players in the squad are quite new, and so um, we don't really know too much about them or their their personalities or anything. So it was good to good to sit down and chat with her and find out a bit more about her upbringing and you know her getting into football and it was interesting hearing her saying that she played in the boys teams up until like under 14s um which you know i'm sure has done has done a lot in helping her get to the to be the player that she is today that's the end of part three in part four we'll be running through this week's fixtures welcome back to part four of the ucfb football podcast we're going to run through the fixtures that we've got coming up this week um the women's academy have finished for the year so we'll be back at the end of january um, but Connor, where are the thirds this week? Um, we actually have a home game this week. For once. Um, thank 
been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, I know. I don't even know if I remember the way to Silver Jubilee Park anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're at home to Southbank. Uh, the team with the No Net team, we'll call them from now on. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be a nice little, uh, nice little day out for them to come to some actual nice facilities instead of a nice public park. But yeah. Uh, when we played them at their at their gaff, uh, we won three one. It was a really scrappy game. I think that was just down to the conditions of the pitch, really. Um, I think it'd be very telling this week when we can actually get the ball down and play our football to our best standard. How how different the scoreline will be. It could still be a case where they are just a good side, or it could be a case where now that we're able to execute our actual game plan, you'll see a drastic difference in the scoreline. But it should be an interesting one. They're a very, very physical side, so excited to not have to sit on the bus for an hour and a half <laughs> what about you Marley who are the first got this week the first are at oh we're not at home actually we're away we are away to the University of Kent who currently sit second in the table so it's a it's a massive game like I said we've got a sort of win to have any chance of even being anywhere near the, the top of the table but also where we find ourselves in the league if we don't win we're, we're looking more towards relegation than we are to sort of the championship, but um, given Imperial's form, relegation doesn't look like it really concerns anyone other than them. Uh, we're sort of... Uh, yeah, so we're... Um, yeah, we're playing Kent. So obviously last time out, it was a 4-4 draw. Uh, Toby Mitchell scored a, a brace with either side of uh, Giorgio's stunning free kick. Um, Joel did get sent off in that game, so there's definitely stuff to improve on. And, we did concede a last-minute penalty, but I think that the team has really grown and matured from that last performance. Um, so it's it's definitely a game that will be a good sort of marker of how far we've come if they obviously turn up with their best form, which they didn't manage to do last week. So there's a there's sort of a lot riding on this game. Um, Kent have had some really they they they're picking up a, a, a sort of steam themselves. They they've they're unbeaten in their last four and they've. They've scored uh, sixteen goals in their last three games, so they they they're really starting to pick up a bit of form. And, th- and they were quite a dangerous side last time we played them, you know. But we were obviously we've obviously got dangers ourselves. So Kent are currently they're, they're level on points with Hearts, but Hearts have a game in hand, so they they sit second in the table, like I said. And UCFB, if we win we then go to within three points of them which is obviously something I think we need um, just to not only for morale to push us on for the rest of the season in the cup and the league but obviously to keep our hopes up of a league title so it's, it's a massive game it can't be overstated um, and I think after last week especially all the players know that they're all going to be up for it and and hopefully we can we can bring the win win back to Wembley How about you doing? Who have the seconds got? Yeah, so the seconds are away to St Mary's for their last game of the year, um, two pm kickoff. Uh, in the reverse fixture, Yusuf B won four two, but um, it was unusual. It was an unusual game uh, because um, at Silver Jubilee Park there was an incident where a player got sent off um, from both teams, and then they had to finish the game with uh, ten men each. So hopefully something like that won't happen again. Uh, the team will be looking to cut out the mistakes they made in that game. They conceded um, two goals uh, for the second time of the season and. Uh, Know, they want to start keeping clean sheets again um, and there is a scenario based on the other games where um, UCFB can win the league um, 
this week. So that would be an incredible achievement to win a league before Christmas. Hopefully uh, that can happen. That's pretty much unheard of, is it not? Winning the league before Christmas. That would be that would be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be... Is it for, for other other results to fall yeah, the right way as well? To, it's subject to other results because um, for whatever reason, not every team in the league have played the same amount of games. So you said beat our first because they're having one um, four out of four. So yeah, there is a, a chance. I'm not sure what the other results have to be, but there is a chance that it could happen. I think we might be able to wrap it up as well. We are sixth game of the season. We've won every game. Our goal difference must be something stupid like plus 30, 40. Yeah. So. yeah. I think uh, it looks like the seconds and thirds are going to win the, their respective leagues. I think after that, I think some of the players might get called up to the first to you know, try to uh, help them get a trophy or two. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the firsts aren't far away from it, are they? We've spoken about it quite a bit today, but it's looking like results go the right way for them as well they could they could be in with a chance we should really just leave the women's academy who probably aren't going to have any silverware come the end of the season unless we manage to win the cup um, which we've only played one game in so far and we, we got through so um, we do have another fixture of that coming up I think it's Essex that we're going to play in the beginning of February so um, there's a chance that all team all four teams could for the first time have some silverware at the end of the season yeah, yeah, but you never know. I'm pretty confident we will. Don't about, don't about you lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, would, it would be it would be a special win. We we uh, got knocked out of the cup in the semi finals in the in the first year that I was covering the women's team, and it it was we were so dominant that year that it really felt like just from our form alone in the league, it felt like we were going to go on and win the cup. It was it, yeah. it sort of felt like it was going to happen, and the the squad of players we had were so good that. When when we got knocked out, it was a, it was a bit of a shock, um, but we did win the league in the end, and it was an invincible season. Um, so we did have some silverware to show for it. But this season, if we if we manage to get away with any, it's going to be a it's going to be a massive achievement. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday at Blue Check Wembley. Make sure you grab your four shots for a tenner. Take care. <laughs>